You have a time of day where you feel like, man, I am just like so creative. I'm so productive right now. I'm just getting so much done. And you can kind of see a pattern. Hmm. Well, they asked people that. They did a little survey on productivity. And uh, do you want to guess what time of day most of us feel most productive, Kev? I'm going to say 10.43 a.m. Oh, man, you're good. It's 10.22 a.m. How did you know this? That's awesome. I was just thinking of how most people live their day. They get to work and when when distractions are minimized. Yes. They're still full full of energy. Their boss hasn't depleted their enthusiasm yet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We hit our first big slump at 1.27 p.m., and then another one on top of it at 2.06 p.m. And uh, we feel the most drained on Mondays. I, I totally feel that. And Fridays. Because Monday okay. is when your like, body is kind of shocked into getting back up early again. Huh. And then Friday, you're just I call it Friday tired. You're just drained from the week. And they say the top things that can drain us in a typical work day are too much time in front of a computer. Hmm. You just hinted at getting interrupted by your colleagues. And not taking breaks. Yeah. Or your boss deflating. Yeah. I mean, it's tough with interruptions because you want to be a team player. You want to have great relationships at work. But if you're like focused on something, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in the middle of it, that Uh, got a minute, it's I'm done. It's over. The creativity is gone. It's the whatever the creative chain has Mm -hmm. snapped and it ain't coming back after that. So I just go like. Sure. <laughs> oh, and when you answer me that way, I go, oh, never mind. I'll come back. And I, I, I shelve it for later. No, it's too late at that point. You might, you might as well just keep yapping, lady. <laughs> well, I've tried the method of like emailing you like, hey, when you have a minute. Yeah, I ignore those. And so. you ignore those. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Coming up, a teenager inspiring other people with his determination. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. A teenager from Minnesota is making headlines for inspiring other people with his determination and stamina. This guy has done something I could never do. I've never even done it once. Yeah. Isaac is 14 and a Boy Scout, and he just hit his goal of sleeping outside a thousand nights in a row. (laughs) I've never slept outside once. He's been doing it since April of 2020, even in winter. Why not sleep outside? I'm just really proud of him. He's made some good decisions in his life and he's doing awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm here to support him for as long as he wants to go. He said his coldest night so far was 38 degrees below zero. I mean, I said he lived in in Minnesota. But he's got all the gear and knows what he's doing. For his 1,000th night, he built himself a little snow cave to sleep in. (laughs) He said sleeping outside has just become the new normal for him. That's just what he does. Okay. Night, Mom. Night, Dad. That is really cool. Going to bed. That's really cool that he did that. But I'm thinking of some of my homeless friends like Kevin Michael Brown or Ralph. they, they They are homeless. Sleeping outside for years. They're probably laughing going... Here, hold my chef Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I need to have a go have a talk with the Guinness Book of World Records because if there's one thing in my life I know, I've slept outside way more than that. It's true, <laughs> but man, can you? Would you let your 14 year old sleep outside? 
for a thousand, a thousand nights, nights even when it's 38 degrees below zero? Uh-huh. Those are adventurous parents. We should well, give those, them the awards. Those parents are thinking, my kids would never do that because they can't, the Wi-Fi doesn't reach out there, <laughs> so there's no way they'd do it. So I don't know about you, but um, when you do something to get out of your comfort zone, like something that you haven't done, it's out of your routine, it really lights up your brain, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I mm-hmm. did that the other day with my sister and my niece, and we ended up making fun of ourselves for it. I'll tell you what we were up to in just a minute. So I don't know about you, but I, I kind of get stuck in a routine in life. I have like the same little cheapo takeout places that I like to get food. And mm-hmm. I don't know, just it just there's a routine. There's a there's yeah, a rhythm. A rut. And, yeah. <laughs> you're hey, get, I was trying to be nice you're about it. You're giving it the positive R words. <laughs> <laughs> routine plus rhythm yeah. equals rut. <laughs> so when you get out of that routine, it can feel like a big deal. It like lights up your brain and you're like, wow. Look at, look at that. And so um, my niece was visiting recently, um, my oldest niece, and me and my sister wanted her to feel really special. It was her birthday weekend, so we were trying to do some fun outings. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we did is after I finished work one day, we met for a meal, um, and we call it downtown. Ooh, let's go downtown. Ooh. And uh, we met at this really cool restaurant. It was it had a cool hip vibe, and we felt like kind of like city girls and and then we were walking around and we walked over this bridge and I waved real big at a train that was going under the bridge and I, for the first time in my entire life I got the uh, the engineer of the train he honked the horn for me the train horn for me kind of like a truck driver going eh, eh. Uh-huh. and I was like that's so exciting I've never had a train honk because I waved so big at the engineer. So that was really exciting. And then we went into this like kind of like, I guess I'd call it an arcade, like an indoor, outdoor kind of like mall area that I never knew existed. Uh-huh. And we're like, what, what is that? What, what is that? I know, I know, I know. Let's just walk in and pretend like we know what we're doing. Right, just right, walk right, right in. Right. Just we act like you're here. in control. Right, blend. And Everyone we get blend. in there and it's like an indoor putt-putt golf place. And it's ginormous. It's like two stories. Mm-hmm. And there's all these families playing golf. We're like, wow, who knew? And then we went to the kiosk to see how much it was. And then we, it was like $14 a person. We're like, no, thank you. That was fun to see. And then we walked down and we're like, let's go see what that place is. And we're like window shopping and we're looking in. And these kids are training for like a virtual battle and they're going to be putting on these like goggles and have these like fake like laser gun things. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's like you become part of the video game. We're like, wow. <laughs> and then I finally looked over at my sister and my niece and I went, look at us in the big city. Uh, you're, that's <laughs> we're we're halfalutin. You're saying we were like. We were like girls in the city. <laughs> really? What did girls in the city do? We, we went, got the train to honk for us. Yeah. And we watched families play miniature golf, but we're too cheap to play ourselves. <laughs> and we introduced my niece to her first ever because we found a French bakery she had never had in her life. A macaron. Wow. And it was life changing for her. Sarah Jessica Parker, watch out. They're coming for you. <laughs> Move over, lady. Some new girls in town. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> it's funny you were talking about how you and your, your sister and your niece were out in the big city and you felt really <laughs> hip and cool yeah. being out in the big city. Like it was um, wonders all around. When when Trace and I, if we go on vacation somewhere cool, like we just mm-hmm. went to Los Angeles. We stayed in West Hollywood. Yeah. And it, at one point somebody asked me for directions. Do I, hey, do you know how to get to blanky blank? 
And I, I got the feeling they were confusing me for a local. And that made me feel really cool. Wow, look at you. <laughs> but, but they quickly figured out I wasn't. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Wow. oh, yeah, we should have. Oh, you, yeah, you definitely don't live here <laughs> with your map to the star's homes in your pocket. <laughs> One of the things that we did in addition to, you know, going and exploring and discovering that there's an indoor putt-putt golf place and um introducing my niece her first ever macaron which was very exciting because she has to be Mm gluten-free and all macarons are made from almond flour so they're naturally gluten-free the more Um, you know but we also (laughs) went to um a couple of stores where you just i'm just gonna say it out loud you end up feeling so poor (laughs) And, and we went in this really fancy they called it a european flower shop and we're just looking around and immediately the women are like can we help you and we're like uh, no, Wait, we're just looking. They called it a European flower shop and they didn't even say bonjour. No, they did in. not. And <laughs> hey then they had these, um, these beautiful glass like <laughs> containers with plants growing in them, like succulents and stuff there. I think we, they're, I think they might be called terraniums and like one of them, I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this up. It was $350. Yeah. Well, you know why it was that expensive? Plants. Do you know why? why? I can tell you why. Because they have the word European on the door. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then we walked into which, this. Which translation means European a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> and then to wrap it all up, we walked into one of those, uh, I'll just call it a fancy schmancy athletic wear stores. Okay. And we just looked around like, why would you pay that much for a sports bra? Like, <laughs> we just don't get it. We don't. And we were like, it feels quality. It feels well made. <laughs> But, I feel fancy wearing it. But the price tag, look at the price you know, tag. The, is it, the, I always get the name wrong, Lululemon, is that the name yes. of the place? Okay. I didn't want to out it, Again, back when, I'm too cheap for Lululemon. Spent the spent the weekend in West Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, they have a Lululemon there, and they have valet parking. No way. <laughs> Just for that store. <laughs> You're valet parking to buy a pair of socks. You're living in a different world (laughs) than the rest of us. You are. Enjoy it. (laughs) So, Kev, there's someone in my life that um, I don't know if they want to be public about this yet, but they're experiencing a health crisis. It's one of those things where they see the spot on the scan and it's like, "Uh uh-oh, we Mm. don't like that at all. So you got a follow-up appointment. It's not until Valentine's Day. And yet this person is handling the whole situation with such strong faith. It's inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just like, you know what? Good thing I got sick and had to go to the ER because they found the spot. And mm-hmm. like just looking at the bright side and just knowing, hey, this whole thing, God already knows the outcome and yeah. he's got it in his hands. And it's just like, oh, I just want to be so much more like that. Mm. So you're talking about a friend of yours handling um, some uh, pretty serious medical news really well. And you said you want to be more like that. So do I. I think every guy listening wishes they were more like that. We're going to talk about that next. Okay, so a friend of yours got some pretty serious uh, medical results back. Sounds like it's to be determined, but they're mm-hmm. handling it really well. Every guy on the face of planet Earth, they get a cold and it's game over. <laughs> right? We don't handle that well. Oh, I got the sniffles and a cough. From <laughs> right. Right? We let the whole world know. We mope and we complain. So, yeah, I hope it faced with something serious, not just the sniffles. I, I'd handle yeah. it better, too. 
do you feel like every kid should have their own dog? That's my husband's opinion. Well, coming up, believe it or not, there's something to that. Hey, do you feel like every kid should grow up with a dog? My husband always said that if (laughs) God ever blessed us with kids, we needed one dog per child. Well, apparently, my husband was on to something. Turns out, kids naturally help dogs, according to new research. Children between the ages of two and three years old are twice as likely to help a dog get their paws on a treat or a toy if the animal shows interest. Isn't that so sweet? Mm. Uh, You would hope that that compassion and caring for their dog as a little kid translates to being a kind adult Mm. to other humans. Oh, you got to have a dog for your kids. Have to, right? But do you believe like my husband, it's one dog per child? Well, we have four kids and we have five dogs. We're like, But you didn't have that growing up, right? 1.2 dogs. (laughs) No, um, we, we always had a family dog. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and we, we've always had a dog when I was growing up. And then Tracy and I, um, we just we love dogs. And when we we had a big enough place to be able to have multiple dogs, we got one and thought two would be great. Well, if two are good, three are great. Well, why not go for four? Ah, five. We had at our peak, we had six. Whoa. Yeah, oh, I we begged love, love my parents for an, a dog my whole life. I never got one, and finally my husband surprised me with yeah. the dog when we got married. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and there's. Um, I do feel like some people uh, that we love or and are friends with avoid coming to our house <laughs> because if you're coming in, you better love dogs. So uh, I think some don't love them as much as we do, so there is a, a little bit of a social price to pay, too. So, should every kid have a dog? I think, so. you know, if there's no other extending circumstances, like, you know, somebody has a fear of dogs because of a, a bad incident or allergies or something like that, um, then I think everybody not only should have a dog, they should adopt the dog. Now, if they have allergies and things like that, then designer dogs, absolutely. But You know how many parents you're putting in a bad spot? They're like, Kevin's sad, Mom. <laughs> Too bad. Don't yeah. argue with me. It's in the Bible. I will say that my <laughs> husband grew up with, like, he grew up on a ranch in Texas. So they had goats and chickens and horses and... What a great childhood. I mean, deer. They had that a deer cool. that lived in the house. Wow. Um, I grew up with um, my parents saying no, 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 no to a dog my whole life. Yeah. We had one chicken that made its way home from school one time, Honey the Chicken. <laughs> and I think my sister had one gerbil. Okay. And that's it. No other. And we turned out okay. Yeah. All of us yeah, yeah, have but, dogs now. But you longed for a dog, didn't you? Oh, I when begged, you were a kid. And right. begged and right. begged and begged. Do yeah. you think your childhood would have been, uh, would have been enhanced? If you'd had oh, a, yeah. a family dog. Yeah, it would have taught me responsibility. It would have been outside walking the dog. I mean, um, therapy dog, all the I just, snuggles. I love the moment when I walk in the door at the end of the day and all all the dogs greet me, but especially Marco. He'll run to the door and look at you wagging his tail with his ears back. And then he'll remember, oh, for some reason, I need to get a toy. And he'll run and get a toy and bring it to you. And he'll just stand there going, <laughs> with, Alex with the toy. Says Alex used to do that. We called it a celebration toy. Isn't that the best feeling in the world? Every kid should experience that when they come home from school. The dog, like, I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? Let's play, right? So picture this. You're cooking a really special dinner. And your husband went out to get something done in the yard. And you got to call him in. You got to get him inside. Because uh-huh. uh, dinner's getting cold. I, I've got various ways that I call my husband, Glenn. Like... There's a real subtle one I do on Saturday mornings when I make oatmeal pancakes, and I always just go, pancakes are ready. 
It's always a little sing-songy like that. Pancakes yeah. are ready. And then he has a running joke. I go, pancakes? Can't a guy get an egg around here? Uh, and uh, you know, he, he, he wants the pancakes. Well, apparently out at the Iowa State Fair every year, there's a long-held tradition where they have a husband calling contest. And somebody decided to go to the fair and post it to TikTok. And it's completely gone viral. It's got like millions of views of these women imitating themselves doing like, Bob, Bob, hey, Bob. <laughs> and uh, here's a couple of samples for you. Daryl! Roy? Can you hear me? You get yourself in here right now. Roy, 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 Roy. <laughs> that Gee, was the winner. I bet she's surprised how Roy never responds. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you live out on a farm like you do in Iowa and there's land everywhere, you got to really runs, come up with a good call. If I'm Roy, I'm like going like, what? <laughs> so I did not hear you. I am so Roy, sorry. Roy, 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 you get yourself in it. Uh, but she was the grand prize winner. You want to know what the grand prize was? A bullhorn. <laughs> $5. It's not the money. It's the the honor. It's It's the honor. Getting to wear the crown for a year. Coming up, how would you feel if the boss suddenly announced, hey, everyone's only going to work four days a week? How would you feel if your boss suddenly announced that everyone is only working four days a week? Would I'd be- say I would say it's about time you all caught up with my my trend with my lifestyle. Ecstatic, <laughs> euphoric, a real world experiment just proved that every company should make the change to working only four days. Yeah, this was that study we told you about it when they launched it six months ago. Um, three, Thirty-three companies in six countries tried it for half a year, and the results are in. Companies in the program paid everyone the same for working only four days mm-hmm. and reported increased revenue, mm. improved employee health and well-being. They said it especially improved the lives of female employees' well-being, their life satisfaction, and their quality of sleep. Four days a week. Four days a week. Uh, you know, though, there's going to be a competitor who's going to go, hey, they just went to four days a week. So we're going to six. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's going to be somebody that's uber competitive that sees another another dollar to make. Maybe, but if these companies are that much more productive during those four days, then they'll have less burnout, less turnover. Hmm. They'll end up making more money in the long run. All right, here's my question. If you've been working five days a week at your job for, I don't know, a couple of years, five years, ten years, who knows? Maybe you're a lifer, maybe you've been there forever. Uh, if they said you have to get the same amount of work done in four days, could you do it? Could you do the five-day workload you're doing right now in four days? Would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about, could you do your job that you normally do in five days? Could you do it in this proposed four-day work schedule? Everything you do in five days, could you compress it and get it all done in four, giving you a three-day weekend? Hey, Richard, we're talking about this idea of going to a four-day work week. And my question is, if you're working a five-day work week right now, could you get all of that stuff done that you normally do in five days in only four? Yeah, and the answer is absolutely. And that's because you're working four 10-hour days. You're still working 40 hours in a seven-day period. So you have the same number of hours worked in that period. So oh. you can get you can get the work done, and then you know you've got three days off in a row. Taylor, yeah. did, you, did you mention that in the story? Because I, I don't remember. Uh, this was the same. This was They got paid the same for four days. Some of them bumped up the hours. Some of them mm-hmm. kept them the same. 
So yeah. it just so depended. We, but so, so I've and we called it four and three, and I've I've worked the four and three schedule, and it is highly desirable, highly sought after. But the one drawback is that it takes more staff. To, if you have to cover seven day operations or twenty four hour uh, operations, it takes more uh, staff yeah. to cover with with a four on three off than it does a five on two off. What field do you work in? Uh, public service. Public service, got it. Yeah. Oh, so like police officers or EMTs, right. that type of thing. They they they're twenty four seven. Yeah. 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 That's so, right. Yeah. Got the, it. The agency I the, the agency I worked for did four and three, and everybody loved it. But we found that the amount of people it required was was higher, mm. and we ended up we ended up going to a twelve hour shift. So, you know, my wife she oh, worked wow. for the federal government for a few years, and they all did four day work weeks. I mean, they were there five days. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> know the feeling. But they only worked until World four. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank, yeah, that shed some interesting light on it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Do a longer day for four days instead of five eight hour days. Interesting. Thanks, Richard. So, Christine, this is pretty wild. A bunch of companies in six different countries said the four-day work week works. People are more productive. They were happier with their lives. But Kevin asked a great question. Could you get all your work done in only four Mm -hmm. days? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's actually how I budget my weeks. I'm an entrepreneur and a success coach and work with clients about that. And there's something called Parkinson's Law, which is we will get things done in the time allotted. And so, you know, if you think about when you've gone on vacation, all of a sudden you get everything done that has been lingering. Or <laughs> you get this surge of energy. Right. Yeah. And then if you have things around your house, this is another great example, and you've had projects and you keep thinking, I'm going to get it done, I'm going to get it done. If you plan a party, all of a sudden you are able to accomplish so much stuff in this short period of time. And so, you know, for people that have that incentive, they'll get things done and then it's like they don't waste time. And when you have that four-day work week and a three-day um, time off, then you're able to really invest in other areas and in, be intentional in other areas of your life as okay. well. For yeah. Real quick, what's the downside to Parkinson's Law? Because, yes, compressed time, we get things done and the amount of time allotted. But if you're used to five days of getting it done and all of a sudden it's four, I cannot admit those four days, the stress level has now gone way up, no? You know, and that goes back to, like, when I work with clients, it's figuring out priorities, um, efficiencies in your time, you know, what are the boundaries that you can set? What are things that really don't need to get done? Then um, I think it's doable. Awesome. That. That's so fascinating. See, like, okay, with us, I'm sure Taylor could totally get it done. Four-day work week, but <laughs> but for me, I mean, five days, my five days equal like two and a half of Taylor's. Because <laughs> well, hey, she is I'm just a, a get-it-done-er. You can call me and I'll work with you. <laughs> I love well, it. Well, that's just my personality. That entrepreneur. She, she's more of a get-it-done-er. I'm more of a, I take joy in being a wasting timer. <laughs> that brings me happiness. I don't want to change. <laughs> well, that's a whole different a whole different story, a whole different conversation. <laughs> I'd, I'd be a life coach's nightmare. But I don't want to change. I'm happy. <laughs> so, Taylor, when I was a kid, um, we did something in elementary school that I don't think you could have kids do 
nowadays. It was position of responsibility, position of leadership. Fifth and sixth graders had the opportunity to join the safety patrol. Yeah. And the safety patrol job. Did you have that at your school? Yeah. Safety patrol we did. Kids I never did a, it, but we had, they had like a belt and a uh, like a sash and you put a badge on it. And they were usually like a bright orange color. Yeah. Um, but part of the job, some kids were assigned to be in the hallways, you know, like make sure kids walked one way uh, on the hall, and the, you know, the correct way. So it wasn't just chaos and no one was running and stuff. But there were two kids who were assigned barrier duty. The barrier was at the entrance of the school. There was one lane in, one lane out. And you stood out in the middle of the street with the barrier. And when a school bus would come along, you'd turn it sideways so the bus could come in. When a teacher came in to pull into the parking lot, you'd turn it sideways so they could get in. But you were blocking Uh anyone else from getting in. Would do you think parents nowadays of ten and eleven year olds would let them stand in the street hmm. <laughs> with a barrier blocking and guiding traffic? I'm saying that's a huh. no way. We should have parents weigh in. I don't know. That's fascinating. I'm saying they wouldn't. And I used to love barrier duty. That was like the funnest thing you could you do. Felt so authoritative. A couple of reasons. Well, you were outside, right? And then the second thing, you got to go to class late. Because you had to wait for everyone to get into school, and then you had to carry this like 900-pound barrier back to where it would stay by the side of the school. Yeah. So it was like the coolest job to get. But I'm thinking parents nowadays would say, no way is my kid doing that in the street every morning. So funny you're talking about being a little little kid, because my mom was um, sharing some stories, waxing nostalgic the other day, about when I was little. Yeah. And she reminded me of a couple of things that I did that I... I'm pretty sure it would give parents a heart attack today. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. So my mom was reminding me of what I was like when I was a little girl the Mm -hmm. other day. And she said I was so social that we had moved into a new house and we had this backyard. And all of a sudden she looked out there and I'm gone. I'm just nowhere Uh to be found. And she looked and looked and looked. And I was going door to door looking for kids my age to play with. <laughs> and I found my friend Claudine and we were lifelong. We were friends for years no and years kidding. after that. Huh. And then she reminded me how I was so independent and a little stubborn. Mm. And um, it was, I think like two blocks to my school. Yeah. And she could watch me way down the street and I wouldn't let her walk me to school. I walked by <laughs> myself and she watched me until I disappeared and went into the school. So uh, my son and I, we went out and ran some errands together yesterday. We had a great old time. And uh, and we stopped by Starbucks and my son's jaw dropped with my order. Hmm. Tell you why next. My son and I went, ran some errands yesterday. We had a great old time. Went to used record store, slipped that in in between a, a big box store and the grocery store. Which means your wife sent you on errands and you spent like three hours at the record store and 20 minutes getting what she needed. <laughs> Yeah, and we forgot goat right. cheese. We were supposed oh, to get goat cheese. See, but too, that was the main ingredient in the recipe. <laughs> so yeah, somebody's running out to get it today. That's that's for sure. But um, uh, also we stopped in a coffee shop, and I got they have these uh, shaken espresso drinks now, and uh, I I don't get it mm. as is on the menu. On the menu, it's got like four pumps of sugary goodness and like one or two espresso shots. I flipped that. I said I'd like to get the shaken espresso drink, but just one pump. And four espresso shots. And my son went, Dad, that's four ridiculous. espresso shots? I said, yeah. Kevin Avery. That's what I get. Every, I, I get, get them a couple times a week. I love them. Stop. Anyhow, Did you have trouble sleeping last night? Not at all. 
But I could drink a Red Bull and fall asleep. Uh, the, I don't know if I'm immune, but it just it's doesn't... It's your immune. You've had so much. Okay, okay, okay. That's okay, okay, so okay. unhealthy. You're, you're, but here's the point of the story. I said to the barista, mm-hmm. is that a lot? Do, do other people order that many? She goes, oh, that's that's nothing. She goes, we have people come in. They'll order like six. They'll order more. They'll have more espresso shots than that. She goes, what? matter of fact, she goes, a different coffee shop I used to work at. You, guy used to come in every day. He was an emergency heart surgeon. So in other words... Somebody needs heart surgery, 3 a.m., this is the guy they call. Mm. 21 espresso shots. He's going to have a heart attack himself. That's what we were like. And then who's going to operate on him? I said, you feel like liable if that guy has heart problems that you help cause? She goes, oh, yeah, we all were. That's just wrong. Felt a little guilty and be like, you're a heart surgeon. You should know better. He's like, I'm fine. Every day he would get 21 shots. And we thought, that's got to be lethal. So, of course, we Googled it, and it's not. It, it's not healthy, but it's not lethal. Can I be super nosy and ask you how much your drink cost yesterday with four shots? I was like five bucks. Really? Like yeah. I thought it would be more. I thought it was like a dollar a shot or something. That's all right. It's my, it's my little treat. My goodness. I didn't know I was going to be scrutinized for all this. The big deal is this other guy's having 21 shots of espresso every day. Therefore, I'm not that bad. That is the moral of the story. The end. And Kevin tried to live happily ever after. Human behavior exhibit A. <laughs> so you were talking a minute ago about going and getting coffee with your son and he was kind of rather appalled because you had four espresso shots in your drink. Yeah, I think he was and, more um, concerned for his dad's yeah, health. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because I learned so much from parents all the time. And yeah. a friend of mine actually got after her daughter the other day. And here, follow me on this story. So the two of them, her and her teenager, they love to go get coffee together. It's like their special thing. Mm-hmm. And her daughter was kind enough to offer to a, a, a male friend at school, a guy friend, want me to pick you up a drink, a coffee drink. And he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Here's what I want. And they're sitting there enjoying their coffee. And she's got the one for her friend. They're going to head off, drop her off at school. And she looked and saw that I think there were three espresso shots in there. Mm. <laughs> and this boy suffers from anxiety and some issues. And she like went after her daughter. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, mm. what? This is what, what he wanted, mom. And she, he goes, she goes, you need to be a good enough friend that you confront him on that and say, that's not healthy. You should not be having that. <laughs> An espresso intervention. <laughs> yeah. And, and in, besides, you should have just gotten him the drink with one shot. Because he wouldn't even know that there weren't three or four in there. Mm. And so I thought it was just an interesting aspect to parenting of like that, that guidance of your children that, you know, you need to help the people around you be better people. I just thought it was fascinating. And then your son's the one going, dad, four espresso shots. Yeah. yeah. So he's trying to watch out for you. He loves you. He's watching out for you. I have no vices in my life. Like none. Zero. Right? Yeah, Some people no will be sugar. like, I like, to have a, I like to have a glass of wine with dinner. I'm alcoholic. I can't have any alcohol. Uh, I, I, don't do, I don't do anything. There's like nothing in my life that's a, that even hints at that. This is my one thing. I know. I'm just saying it's and not And y'all want to take it from me. I don't need <laughs> friends like that. <laughs> I need friends that I go, hey. I don't need hey, friends that care for me. I hey, need friends I that a, enable me. I got a Starbucks card. You want to go? Those are the friends I need. <laughs>